This is Patrick from WSOU 89.5, The Loudest Rock, and I'm here with Steve from Cave In. How you doing? Good. How you doing, Patrick? Doing fine. Doing fine. So let's get right into it. You guys released your latest album, Heavy Pendulum, on May 20th. This was your first full-length release since 2019. How does it feel to be back in the studio making music? It feels great. Um, we hadn't been in a recording studio with Cave In in a long time, so that was well overdue. And... Kurt was just really on top of his game, engineering, uh, producing, and mixing the album at God City. And we came in as prepared as we possibly could be. And I think everybody just brought their A-game on this one. And I think it really shows. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. And, uh, you know, this is some of the heaviest stuff you guys have done in a while. It reminds me a lot of uh, uh, Kevin's first two records, Beyond Hypothermia, Until Your Heart Stops, things like that. Uh, what inspired this shift uh, back to a heavier sound? Well, when we started writing the record, we had just gotten off of touring in support of the final transmission record. And so I think we were just in touch with the best of ourselves, which is naturally what happens when you go on tour and you put together a set list of stuff that you're excited to play and you think fans are excited to play. So I think being well acquainted with that material of ours just put us in a good place to start writing new music yeah definitely understand that and um you mentioned before uh, this album was produced by kurt from converge what was it like working with a hardcore pro like him oh kurt's great uh he's an old friend and uh he's been on the sidelines of caven uh ever since our band formed i mean we we're all about just emulating Converge in more than just our sound, you know, just the vibe of what they were doing and their forward thinking mannerisms about approaching hardcore music and what can be done in that realm. So I think Kurt knew that this was an important record for Caven, being that, you know, we were making it with one of his band members, you know, Nate from Converge and, um, I think he understood the gravity of the creation of it being that it's our first album after losing our good friend and bandmate, Caleb Schofield. So we also hadn't done a record with him in a long time since Until Your Heart Stops. So there was a lot going on that um, made it so everyone was real excited about this formation creatively happening again. Yeah, totally hear that. And uh, you mentioned how when you were coming into the making of this album, you just got off your final transmission tour where you guys were really in touch with yourselves uh, as a band. What were some of the things that happened on this tour that you think kind of comes out in the sound of the record? Like whatever you experienced that made you feel that way? Well, it was our first time spending like a long stretch of shows, um, you know, it was our first time doing a long stretch of shows with Nate. Um, we had done trips with him in the past. We had toured with his bands. We're no stranger to Nate. <laughs> Nate's been a, a good friend of ours for a long time, but um, I think just developing that relationship a little bit further in the tours that we did for Final Transmission, I think it just set us up to 
get creative in a way that produce the results that you're hearing on the new record. Yeah, I hear all that. And, you know, you mentioned how uh, when you came into the studio, everyone brought their A game because, you know, the chemistry was really good after coming off the final transmission tour. How would you describe the chemistry in some of the first sessions of this album? Um, it was great. I mean, it was a little weird making a record during the pandemic. Um, you know, just getting together as a band to work on the material was very interesting because, you know, JR and Adam from Caven, I mean, they're like my oldest friends. I mean, our friendship dates back to middle school. And so here we are getting in a room together and it's like sort of getting reacquainted with each other all over again because, um, you know, we're all scared. We don't really know what this thing is. And there's tons of misinformation flying around. And, you know, at some point at the start of all this, I mean, there were people who were afraid to go outside because they thought COVID was like acid rain. Um, we just had no idea what we were dealing with. So I think once we overcame that, we realized, oh, this could be our way of establishing some normalcy in this very weird and strange time that we're all living through. And so the creation of the record became very therapeutic in that way. And I think it just continued to be as such when we got in the studio. And, you know, we just hadn't heard Caven sound like that coming out of um, the monitors in the control room, you know, when we were listening to playbacks. We just hadn't heard the band sound that huge in such a long time. And it was really emotional for us. And it, it was it was powerful. Yeah, it sounds super surreal. And uh, your, your previous album, Final Transmissions, was uh, a lot more experimental, but you kind of brought those experimental elements onto Heavy Pendulum, but also brought in the, the heavier sound that you were just talking about. Uh, what was different about the songwriting process and recording of uh, Heavy Pendulum versus Final Transmissions? Well, with Final Transmission, that was largely indebted to a vision that Caleb had for the band being a creative entity in 2017, which is when we started writing for that record. And he had like a checklist of things that he wanted to hear from Caven. And it sort of motivated us just to really try our hand at writing some new music. And so one of the things that he wanted was he wanted the band to go to a studio to document the record because we hadn't done that in so long up until that point. We had just done like renegade rehearsal recordings. And so uh, when he passed away, you know, we made Final Transmission what it was just as a way of remembering him and, you know, honoring our last moments with him. Uh, but I think the, the vibe that he encouraged of us, we were able to continue that in heavy pendulum and with even a greater degree of focus because you know like i said a lot of this record was written during the pandemic and the lockdown that followed and you know we didn't have much else going on we were like most people you know our calendars were just wiped clean and so it provided a great degree of focus for me as a writer to really invest myself in crafting new Caven songs. And, you know, I, th I think Caven needed it. it. It had been a long time since we made a really strong musical statement 
And I think all of us were ready to get into that headspace again. Yeah, I totally understand that. And, um, you know, the songwriting process for this album, I imagine, was pretty heavy duty because, you know, you got songs like New Reality and Blood Spiller that are more on the heavy hardcore side. And then you got songs like uh, Days of Nothing and Reckoning that are, and Nightmare Eyes, a little brighter, a little softer. Uh, what were some of your influences when uh, writing this album versus maybe Final Transmissions or some of your earlier stuff? Well, having a new lineup was, it, it sort of put a fire under our in the sense that we were just sort of pinching ourselves that we're still here doing this, you know? I mean, all of us still feel very passionately about the band, but the fact that other people still care is amazing to us. And, you know, um, having relapse on board to administer the catalog and to, you know, be on board for releasing a new record. That was inspirational for us. I mean, Relapse has done amazing work with legacy bands like Death. I mean, I love what they did with the Death catalog. So that made me feel like, okay, this is a good move for us to work with them, that they'll sort of know what to do <laughs> with a band with such a varied history um, in our catalog. Um, I mean, we, we tend to always sort of default to a set group of influences that have inspired us to want to make music since the beginning. But as far as pulling in new influences on this record, there, there were certainly many. Um, we wanted to embrace our love for Into Another, um, one of the best bands on Revelation and arguably one of the best bands to come out of the New York punk and hardcore scene. And it's a band we've loved for a long time, but we really embraced our love for them on this record and really sort of look to them for musical guidance. Um, Soundgarden's another one. Um, as far as like grunge bands from that era, they were more progressive and um, I think a lot more forward thinking and they, they just lasted a lot longer than a, a lot of the greats. Um, and that was a band that we could collectively sort of unify on. I mean, Nate's a little bit older than us, so he thought a lot of the grunge stuff was lame when he was a kid, which we can understand, you know? I mean, we were like early teens and didn't know anything really about punk and hardcore when all that stuff was first coming out. And Nate had already sort of discovered punk and hardcore and, you know? So I think that makes kind of an interesting perspective um, working together on music because you know, if it was just left up to me, JR and Adam, we probably would have just busted out some rehash grunge record and it would be way less interesting. Yeah, I definitely hear a lot of, uh, you know, the you talked about the grunge sort of forward thinking progressive riffs, but then also the classic hardcore stuff. Was it a challenge kind of bringing those two worlds together in these songs? Yes and no. Um, because this music has been so ingrained in our psyche since we were kids, it's really easy to pull from. And I, I, I just get fired up to make music when I listen to stuff like that. So um, one thing that we did during the writing process of the album, we, we did take a minute to uh, switch gears and we worked on a cover of uh, More by Every Time I Die for the Splitsville series uh, that that's done by uh, two minutes to late night. 
And I think that fired us up, you know, because we, um, we took a deep dive into their catalog to pick out a song. And um, it was nice to just get reacquainted with their music and also hear some stuff that I didn't really pay as closely attention to before, but embracing that, um, embracing that stuff and, and their sound and their whole vibe during the making of um, the Heavy Pendulum record, I think it definitely crept its way into the musical influence of how things turned out. Yeah, I definitely hear all that. And uh, so something I noticed when I was uh, looking through your discography, especially on Heavy Pendulum and Final Transmission, is uh, the album artwork is very spacey. You know what I mean? You got the um, Saturn on Heavy Pendulum and Final Transmission. You got the kind of horizon on there. What's the significance of the, the space artwork in a lot of these albums? Yeah, it's a, it's a great art piece in, in its own right, you know, and, and it was originally supposed to be a show poster. Um, but thanks to the pandemic, the shows that we had made the poster for, or I should say Richie Beckett designed the poster, um, but the, we were going to use it for these shows at St. Vitus and, uh, you know, the pandemic pushed all that indefinitely into the future. So the blessing there was like, we had always thought that that artwork was above and beyond just being simply used as a show poster. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess as far as spacey imagery and lyrical stuff and sonic bits here and there, um, I don't know. I, I feel like that's something that we embraced to help us, I guess, carve out our own identity in the world of punk and hardcore. We weren't really seeing too many bands embrace that vibe or that attitude or that, that mindset. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, we just decided to start plugging in more effects pedals and making things sound a little bit weird and squishier and sparkly and psychedelic. And, you know, it's like, well, what if Pink Floyd grew up in the hardcore scene? What would that sound like? Yeah, maybe uh, maybe David Gilmore needs to start a hardcore project. <laughs> well, his son looks just like him, so. Yeah, man. And yeah, he we'll plays see. guitar, so he should go for it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so uh, something else that I think sets you guys apart from uh, a lot of hardcore or punk bands is you guys have released a lot of live music, a lot of live EPs, like, you know, Live at Roadburn was a few years ago. Uh, back in the uh, 2010s, you had Live at Club Soda and, you know, Planets of Old and things like that. Uh, what's special to you about performing live these songs? There's always little bits of Caven songs that can be left open to a different interpretation in a live setting. Uh, Big Riff is a great example of that. There's a whole middle section of that song that changes every time we play it. And it's one of the things that after all these years of playing Big Riff, um, we can really lock into knowing, okay, we've got Big Riff down, we could play that song in our sleep. Um, but the fact that the middle section changes every time we play it, that keeps it interesting for us. And I think live recordings are sort of a fun document of that sort of thing. Um, and the way we craft our songs, we, we think about how it's gonna sound and feel in a live setting. I mean, there, there are parts of songs that I 
I'll write on guitar and, and oftentimes I'll overcomplicate things. But when I actually get into a room with the guys and we start playing through stuff and I'm standing up, I'm not sitting in a chair um, and I'm amongst people, I'm not alone in my weird art basement. <laughs> um, things just come out differently. And uh, so I think the live setting has always been kind of precious to us in that way. It, we have to keep that in mind, I guess, when it comes to crafting music, or at least I do, um, because I think that helps the band retain some sort of honesty in the way that we present our music. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, now that uh, restriction, some restrictions are being lifted and concerts and tours and festivals are coming back, uh, what songs from Heavy Pendulum are you most excited to play live for your fans? Oh, that's a good question. They're all designed to be performed. We have demos of everything that we ran through and recorded at our rehearsal space before going to God City. And, you know, on one hand, it's like we want to show Kurt that we're doing the work and that we're not just coming in empty handed and, you know, also to get ideas from him to, you know, help shape the songs. But there are also exercises in our ability to just play from point A to point B and to see how something feels. And so, you know, kind of like we were just talking about, I mean, the design of all this stuff is such that it's meant to be played live. And I think it's just a really cool feature of the record. And, you know, I, I, I'm right there with a lot of people where, you know, if I go to see a band play, I don't necessarily want to see them run through an entire album. I mean, maybe if it was Smashing Pumpkins and Siamese Dream, okay, uh, you know, I'll make an exception. Or Metallica, Ride the Lightning, STP Core, you know, <laughs> there's a whole list, you know, uh, into another Ignorous. Um, but uh, as far as specific songs go, we, we did Careless Offering at uh, Oblivion Fest. And that song at that point hadn't been released in any shape or form to the public. It was still just like a week before the record came out and felt great to play. And uh, I think all the songs have that potential. Yeah, I definitely hear a lot of that. Now, um, now that you have had the chance, um, like Careless Offering and other songs, now that you've had the chance to play these songs live, what's special to you about uh, Caven fans at your shows? Oh, um, I mean, the fact that they still want to come out and hear us do all the and see us do the thing. <laughs> Just the simple nature of getting people out of their houses is incredible. You know, it's harder and harder as you get older just to leave your little bubble. And uh, the people wanting to come out and just supporting us to encourage us to keep doing what we do is, is great, you know? Um, so I guess the open-mindedness too. Um, if you're still coming to see Caven at this point, like you sort of know that we're, you know, liable to just throw any sort of curveball into the mix and, it, um, you know, kind of like a tightrope walker or something. We, you know, it's it's like watching a balancing act. Um, so, yeah, we just try to celebrate live music for all its glory and warts and flaws and beauty for all of those reasons and things. And um, if people just want to come out and be with us while that's happening, that's huge. 
yeah, it's definitely super exciting, especially now that uh, concerts and festivals are coming back. Definitely looking forward to it. So um, up next, I have a few questions that are a little random, but they're some of our favorite questions to uh, ask bands that we interview. Uh, the first question is, if the band weren't called Cave In, what would you be called? Oh, well, when we first started the band, we were on the heels of having done a band called System 3. And this was pre-Caven, and we had a slightly different lineup. We were still a five-piece back then, but we had a singer whose name was Vin, Vin Xian. And he grew up in the same neighborhood that myself and our original vocalist and uh, founding member of the band, Jay Frechette. Um, we all grew up in this town called Methuen. And so Vin worked at Texaco, which is a gas station just up the road from where I used to live. And he and Jay just thought System 3 was like a cool name for a hardcore band. So pre-Caven, we were called System 3, named after a gasoline. And then when we came across the name Caven, we originally smashed the words cave and in together. So it read as a single word, but uh, you know, we quickly figured out that people were calling our band Cavane, <laughs> like some made up word. <laughs> so system three Cavane, um, you know, I, I think we lucked out with Caven. I think the, the space in between the two words was a good move. Yeah, I agree. Maybe, maybe System 3 will be uh, David Gilmore's kids' parkour band. <laughs> <laughs> he can have it. There you go. So um, next question I have is, if you could pick one Caven song to send out to aliens for them to listen to and they would hear it, which song would that be? Oh, that's a great question. Um, well, I've long thought ever since the creation of the song Sing My Loves that it was it's arguably the best Caven song and so when we're dealing with the extraterrestrials out there and otherworldly life forms and things we don't understand we really got to be careful to do nothing but put our best foot forward and so I would blast that thing into space as loud as it could go. That's probably the most well thought out answer I've heard to that question. Normally guys are just like, yeah, yeah, this song, because I like it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, hey, you know, we're, we're a, a heavy space rock band, so mm -hmm. I got to put some energy and effort into uh, all things uh, astronomical. Oh yeah, for sure. So uh, finally, what's next for Caven? Well, we got some tours coming up. We're doing dates in the U.S. this summer. We got a little summer vacation. And then we've got a fall vacation planned in Europe. We haven't been on an extensive tour of Europe, mainland Europe, for a long time. So it's cool. We're going to go out and celebrate the record, and hopefully people will come out. And, I mean, as for right now, we're just all really enjoying the response that we're getting from the record and just sort of basking in it. And it's a, it's a great time for the band. Yeah, sounds like a great time. Uh, Cave-In, Heavy Pendulum, out now. Uh, make sure to get tickets to a Cave-In tour date near you. Steve, thank you so much for doing this. Anything else you wanna add? Uh, 
No, thank you, Patrick, for inviting me to be a part of this, and thank you all for listening. Of course, anytime. This has been Patrick with WSOU 89.5.